Chapter 47 of The Goddess of Atvatbar by William Richard Bradshaw. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nigel Fisher. The Council of War in Kioram. The sensation produced by the defeat of the royal fleet, the destruction of forty of the ships, and the defection of the remaining sixty vessels to the cause of Queen Leone, shook the nation from its centre to circumference. It appeared incredible that one ship could destroy so many well-armed vessels. Our terrorite guns were considered demon powers, and such was the consternation produced by their terrible energy, that, were it possible for us to use such weapons in aerial battle, their appearance would alone cause the royal army to surrender. Coltenbury was confident he could soon suppress the insurrection by virtue of his superior force. As for his majesty, he was beside himself with rage at the loss of his fleet. Had Admiral Jolnar been alive, he would have answered for his defeat with his life. The following royal proclamation testified to the implacable wrath of the king. His Majesty King Almeri Bulmakar of Atvatbar to his faithful people. Know ye, my people of Atvatbar, that the desperate barbarian who commands the alien ship, the Polar King, has not only alienated the affections of the goddess Leone, thereby insulting our holy religion and our laws, but has destroyed forty of our ships of war, and induced the remainder of our fleet to follow his fortunes, thereby giving him power to destroy our commerce, blockade our harbours, and burn our cities. His success has encouraged many who have hitherto been faithful subjects to flock to his standard, and the terrors of treason and insurrection devastate our beloved country. What will be thought of Leone, who was lately our beloved and adored goddess, who has treasonably allowed herself to be proclaimed Queen of Akbatbar, and who is the prime cause of all this deluge of crime, treason and apostasy, by encouraging a heretical affection for a desperate criminal, and who dares to abuse her holy office by seeking matrimony with a murderer? It would be impossible for this cowardly and desperate assassin to visit our country with such destruction, were it not that she who was our goddess sympathises with his inhuman and infernal work. She has only to speak the word that she has no sympathy with such a monster, and his power will be paralysed in a moment, and peace restored to our unhappy country. Will it be believed that she absolutely refuses to disown such a viper, and even boasts of his work, and that he will shortly set her free? Our prisoner, she has disregarded our clemency in holding back the sword of justice that hangs over her head. Her life is already forfeited by her own actions. The monster of insurrection and apostasy must be struck in its most vital part. Orders have been given for a full conclave of the barodomy to put our fallen goddess on trial forthwith, and if found guilty to be immediately executed. The commander-in-chief of the army, Coltenbury, has orders to attack, pursue, and put to death without mercy all rebels in arms, and arrest all sympathisers with the rebel cause. Given in our palace at Kalnagur, in the twenty-sixth year of our reign, Almarie Bulmakar, King of Atvatbar. This proclamation revealed the desperate crisis matters had reached. The bloodthirsty king had Leone in his power, and, unless a miracle happened, nothing could save her. The fact that the flag of the Queen floated above Kioram must have added enormously to the wrath of the King, and the supreme question with us then was how to save our Queen from a cruel fate. While discussing this important subject with Governor Laldemir and my own retinue, we were agreeably surprised to learn of the arrival of the High Priest and Priestess, and the Grand Sorcerer and Sorceress from Egyplosis. Astronomer Starbottle and Flat Hootley had so far evidently succeeded in their mission. Hushnoli reported that all Egyplosis was up in arms for the cause of the Queen. The priestesses had formed an Amazonian legion of 5,000 Waleels. These would be commanded by the High Priestess Zulisoas and the Grand Sorceress Theobal in equal divisions. The sacred phalanx of priests of the spiritual palace would be under the command of the Grand Sorcerer, 
while Hushnoli would hold himself in readiness for a special command. While praising the devotion of the twin souls, a message by telegraph was received from Naphisthasia, stating that the Lord of Art Yamul was on his way to Kioram. He would travel on the wing by a circuitous route to avoid contact with any of the king's wayleels. Yamul would be accompanied by the chief priests of poetry, painting, sculpture, music, decoration, architecture and dancing. No messenger had been sent to Grasnagalapas, high priest of the Palace of Inventions in Kalnagur, as tidings had been received from that quarter that the priests of invention, owing to their close connection with the seat of government, had become bokakids of the king. The defection of Grasnagalapas was a severe blow to our cause, as he was the great inventor of the kingdom, and master of ten thousand magnetic bokakids, the machine being his own invention. Governor Laldemir said the crisis upon which we were to deliberate demanded immediate action, and the first step to be taken was to appoint a commander-in-chief for the army of the Queen. The victory achieved by the commander of the Polar King in fighting the Royal Navy single-handed, and his personal sympathy with Her Majesty, pointed out His Excellency Lexington White, already Lord Admiral of the fleet, as the man of all others fit to assume the supreme command of all operations directed against the Royal Army to secure the liberation of Leone and the reformation of the religion of Atvatbar. I therefore, said he, nominate His Excellency Lexington White, Commander-in-Chief of the Army of the Queen. The Governor's proposition was received with the wildest enthusiasm, and I gracefully accepted the high honour conferred upon me. Hushnoli was appointed my assistant, under the title of Supreme General of the Army, and the list of generals included the Grand Sorcerer Chaka, the Grand Sorceress Thubul, the High Priestess Zulusoas, the Lord of Art Yamul, Governor Laldemir, Generals Pra and Notothebek. The chief priests of poetry, painting, music, architecture and decoration, and Professors Rakai and Goldrock and Starbottle, Dr. Merryferry and Flat Hootley were also created generals of the army, being at the same time relieved from service in the fleet. Rear Admiral Wallace was promoted to full command of the fleet during my absence therefrom, with the title of Admiral. As President of the Council I spoke as follows. Supreme General Hushnoli and Generals of the Army of Her Majesty Leone, Queen of Atvatbar, you are aware of the nature of the crisis that calls us together and the cause to which we devote our lives and fortunes. Our beloved Queen, for whom we fight, is in the hands and at the mercy of a cruel tyrant. We may hear of her death at any moment. Such an event would crush our hopes and blast our cause beyond hope of recovery. We must be both bold and prudent. We must concentrate our forces to withstand the onset of the enemy. A proclamation must be issued making Kioram, which is under the protection of the fleet, the headquarters of the army and the rallying ground for volunteers. Our arsenal in the fortress will begin at once to make revolvers under the superintendence of General Rakhine for the use of our wayleels. Armed with these, 100,000 wayleels will be equal to half a million men without such weapons. We must strike a mighty blow as soon as possible for the sake of Leone, our queen. Once break the power of the king, and he will be glad to sue for peace by liberating our adored idol, the pride of Atvatbar. These sentiments were applauded with impetuous excitement. Hushnoli caused telegraphic dispatches as to the proceedings of the council to be sent to Egyplosis, Naphisthasia, and to sympathisers in Kalnagur, calling on volunteers for the army of the queen to report themselves at Kioram without delay. Admiral Wallace was instructed to send vessels to various points on the coast of Atvatbar to receive volunteers and supplies and transmit them to Kioram with all possible speed. The mines of precious metals of the Queen, situated on the northern coast of the kingdom, and the materials for making guns, gunpowder and terrorite were to be accumulated at Kioram without delay. Professor Rakhine agreed, if furnished with men and materials, to turn out sufficient hand mitrailleuses to arm 100,000 wayleels in less than a month. He also proposed to furnish our wayleels with magnetic spears 
and to arm the legs of the Bokakids with magnet toes, so that a company of the strange animals could rout a legion of whaleels. We discovered that the materials for the manufacture of terrorite existed in abundance in Atvatbar, and, as the secret of this substance was still ours, we were in a position to work fearful havoc on the enemy. Before the council broke up, the most encouraging news was received from our agents throughout the kingdom that the enrolment of volunteers for our cause was proceeding with great rapidity, and a hundred thousand men would arrive in Kioram within a week from the date of our proclamation. Hushnoli was appointed General of Volunteers, in addition to his rank as Supreme General of the Army. General Yamul and his colleague would command the contingent from Nafisthasia, consisting of 14,000 Waleels. While thus discussing the details of our army organisation, astronomer Starbottle and his bodyguard Flathootli arrived at the fortress, having safely escaped all perils in making a very hazardous journey. End of chapter 47